Welcome back to another episode of Stream of Thought. This is episode number 140. We kick things off with another quick Amazon story. I just, I can't get it right with the orders. I've been going through a little fiasco the last couple of weeks. Then, store stories. Never a dull moment working in retail at the grocery store. And this time, things get a little physical between an employee and one of the customers. We also talk about just diffusing situations, calming people down, extending acts of kindness, even when you don't want to, and just exactly how far that may go. And then near the end, I've been doing some reading. I ask Ricks a few questions in his area of expertise. So with that being said, episode number 140 of Stream of Thought, we hope you enjoy. <laughs> say because i didn't get a chance to say this earlier uh thank you for giving my brother that freaking <laughs> off gnome i know that I you knew, would show uh, me that image it was a long time ago i can't remember how really? many months ago it was that you're like is this the gnome and you you sent me a picture of it i don't remember that how so, I, so uh, tell me the story behind this i'm i'm kind of curious so it was just it was because I thought of the idea after we finished recording on Saturday and immediately after we were done recording or maybe I was done putting the episode together, I thought, oh, let me just check Amazon real quick. Let me just see what comes no. up. Boom. The first thing that comes up, absolutely perfect. Click, click, done. Yeah. And I almost wanted to – I almost texted you, hey, by the way, you're going to be getting a package soon. I, I almost let you know to expect a package just so that I know that it would arrive safely and that it wouldn't get stolen or something like that. But I told myself, no, just don't say anything. Let them figure it out on their own. All right. So so I've got I've got an epic conclusion to this whole story. And for those of okay. you who aren't listening and haven't been a part of Victor's and my personal face face chat with my brother a couple of minutes ago. Victor, out of the kindness of his heart, decided to, my brother, and we've talked about this on several episodes in the past, my brother has been obsessed with the fact that my family has had this gnome. It's a, it's, you know, three foot gnome that's flicking people off. And ever since we were children, my dad, it was a gift from my dad's brother-in-law, as a kind of fu kind of thing, he didn't like him too much, and so he gave them his the flipping off gnome, and my dad put that in the windowsill overlooking the driveway. So whenever my brother and I would come home, we would see this gnome flicking us off every single day, and it was kind of like a welcome <laughs> home kind of thing. We loved it, and my brother especially, he was obsessed with this gnome, and it was a couple of years ago, it was, it was five or six years ago, where for some reason, my dad got rid of the gnome, he just tossed it away, and my brother was devastated. And so Victor and I have had a lot of fun talking in the past couple of years <laughs> it's been more than a couple of years talking about how my brother has this obsession about this this flicking off gnome and so for some reason victor decided to get a gift for robert and sent him a little uh, slightly smaller gnome probably about a foot long and a flicking off a person twice and he thought you know double double yeah, the, using both hands. double the pleasure double the fun you know and yeah so he sent that to robert and here's the kicker my sister sent the exact same gnome to my no. brother for his birthday no there are literal i will i will show you after the stream he has them Dude, both on the dining room awesome table. that's awesome that he's got two of them. And they're flicking each other off, holding a piece of paper in between. So now it's a paper holder on the on the dining room table. Wow. It is the most serendipitous wow. thing that I think I've experienced in a long <laughs> while. It was amazing. Because Robert's like, wait, Liz got me this exact same gnome. And it wasn't here's the here's the funny part too, is that it wasn't until my dad was taking out the recycling and uh looking oh, there's a sheet of paper in here from Victor. Oh, by the way, this is from Victor. They didn't know who it was from. 
<laughs> before he was oh, about really? to toss it out. Yeah, no, there was no indication okay. as to who was it from. So now he has he has a bookshelf of flicking off gnomes that he can use That's for cool. whatever whatever journey is gonna <laughs> uh, face him next. So yeah. I was I was thinking I was like oh man what if Rick's gets him the gets him a gnome I was like oh well then he's he'll get two of them I thought I thought there would possibly possibly be a slight chance that you would get him <laughs> the same thing I didn't think about your sister at all but I thought you would maybe get it I said what if just what if it's like oh whatever just send it to him anyway but also for context. Your dad had no idea that you and your brother loved that gnome. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have thrown it out. He just saw right. it sitting there. For him, yeah. it was just this item that has been sitting there for 20 years, 25 years or whatever. And I just throw it away without even thinking about it. And, and you've said before that your brother has brought it up at the dinner table for the most part, you know, Thanks a lot for throwing out the gnome. Why did you have to throw it out, out, throw out the gnome? You're such a great person for throwing out the gnome. Just any little you know, quib that he can throw out there to remind him that he royally fucked up and that Robert is extremely upset. About <laughs> that literally is spot on. <laughs> I'm just happy that Robert has two gnomes that are giving four middle fingers. Dude. You know, with I, one with each hand. It's a beautiful sight. I, I like, <laughs> I have never seen my brother this happy in a long while. <laughs> Really, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. That's so funny. So, <laughs> with that detour, yeah, dude. So I got a, a few minor things for you. So I got another Amazon snafu, kind of. So I get the second wiper. I forgot that on cars, the windshield wipers can sometimes be two different sizes, like the one on the driver side is 24 inches in length and the one on the passenger side i think is only 18 inches or in length so i have to buy another one i'll take a picture of my windshield sometime and i'll show you but on some cars on my car the way that it's set up and the way that it moves back and forth one wiper is larger than the other it's really weird huh but side note have you seen the on i know they've have, i think if they had this on like one of the mercedes-benz models but I remember Josh Adams' mom had this. There was a car – her car had – it was like a mono wipe. It was just one wiper that was in the center of the windshield that went back and forth, back and forth, back – but it looked so odd. It looks very, very strange to have a mono wipe. I, yeah, I haven't seen that in it's years. Rather but no, I remember that though. Yeah. 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 And then on a second note, uh, so get this. So I I'm at work yesterday. And one of the, I come in and one of the managers asked me, like, oh, how was it working yesterday? Everything good? I'm like, yeah, everything was cool. No customer complaints, especially after a few days ago when that one dude tried to fight the security guard. Like, everything was okay. How has it been today? Everything good? And he's like, well, we had a little bit of an incident. I'll tell you about it later. I'm like, all right, cool. But then he left and he never told me about I it. I know. But I'm in the office. I'm in the office checking the emails and I notice – on the desk is a piece of paper. It's uh, it's like a statement. A paper, it's a piece of paper that says whatever employee statement, and it has lines and then your name, time, the date for things when employees get into arguments with each other or something happens. They're a witness to something. They write that down. They write down their version of what happened, and it gets sent to HR in uh, in Phoenix in corporate. And so I was like, oh, that's odd. I don't normally see this paper just sitting out. I wonder if something happened, you know. I open up the uh, – I log on the computer, and I see on the desktop three different PDFs, all of which say three different employee names followed by the word statement. I open them up. They had written a statement, scanned it in the computer. I'm like, oh, so this is what the manager was talking about, about having a little incident. There was and, – and also, just so you know, in L.A., there are so many people, so many people that just mentally are not there. They have conversations with themselves. They're screaming at the wall. They're, they're like just – it's insane. 
So these employees are in the bathroom. I read this, and no one told this to me. I read these statements, and then earlier today I heard a little bit about it. But I'm reading this, and this is what happened. That these two employees uh, were in the women's restroom, and they were washing their hands. And they heard one of them was like, oh, I, um, I heard a woman. I heard a bunch of noise being made, like someone was hitting something on the stall or on the – someone was in the stall and they were hitting the stall or a bunch of noise. And then a woman was saying, stop, don't do that or something like that. And so the employee had written that down saying, I thought there was a child in the stall with the woman and the child was making a ruckus and the woman was reprimanding the child. And and I keep reading – and then it says, but there was no child. The woman walked out by herself, and she was talking to herself. And <clears throat> the two employees are washing their hands. One of them turns around to grab some paper towels, and uh, and then the other one turns around to get paper towels. And, like, one of them, I think, almost bumped into the woman or did bump into the woman. And she was like, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. And then... Another one of them, like, tried to walk out, and the woman that had taken paper towel and, like, crumpled it up into a ball and threw it at the back of her head. And so this employee turned around and punched her in the face. What? And then they, yep. Wait, yep, what? Yep. And it- Yep. And before that, before that, the woman, who was the customer, she had... She had looked like or acted as if she was about to throw up, and then she didn't, and so they backed away. They were like, what the fuck? And I think the woman took offense to that, and the woman had sneezed all over one of the – or something. I don't know. Something along those lines. And one of them – one of the employees walked out, and the other one was about to walk out or, like, tried to maneuver past the woman to get out because she looked like she was sick – and then the paper towel that was crumpled up by the woman got thrown at the back of the employee's head. That employee turned around, punched her in the face. They are on uh, – and then the first girl runs to go get the manager. The manager comes in, you know, hey, break it up. And he comes into the restroom seeing the employee and the customer on the ground grabbing each other's hair and everything. Are and you that's what fucking happened. kidding I me? I haven't – I haven't talked to anybody about it. All I I just read that, but as far as talking to other employees, I've just heard like, "Oh, did you hear what happened?" Yeah, I did. Oh, it's pretty crazy, but not any details. And I didn't talk to. I saw the one of the women today who was involved, but I didn't ask her about it. But I just read this. But I'm just like, my goodness, never a dull moment. What the like that? That's know. fucking insane. So, so the chronology yeah. then is that two employees go into the restroom. Another woman comes in after. I don't know if the woman was in there before or after, but pretty brief synopsis: there was a woman in the stall making a bunch of noise and then screaming like "Stop that! Don't do that!" Swearing, and then the employee comes out of one of the stalls washing her hands. The other employee, I guess, is already washing her hands. And then they realize the woman comes out by herself. And then what happens is, you know, she sneezes. She looks like she's about to vomit. They back away. And then she sneezes or sneezes on one of the employees or some. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm, that chronology is a little bit fuzzy. But one right. of them is drying their hands. They walk out. The other one is drying her hands. And she tries to maneuver past the woman, and I guess the woman was just screaming at her or swore at her or something. I don't know. All I know is that paper towel gets crumpled up, thrown at the back of the woman, the girl's head, and then that girl turns around and punches her in the head. And that girl, too, she's always – she's got a bit of a – well, she's a she's a bit of a firecracker. <laughs> I, once, I once asked her <laughs> – I knew you were going to use that term, too, firecracker. I, I once – I once asked her, I was like, uh, I, I couldn't, I had trouble finding something because the grocery aisles are a little bit different at this store than what I'm used to. So sometimes I go into an aisle to look for something. I see what's in an aisle and because of what I see, I think there's another item that I, that will be there. But in reality, it's a little bit different. So I'm like, Hey, so-and-so do you know where the whatever is? And I'm really nice about it. And she looks at me and she's all. It's in the juice aisle. And I'm like, 
damn, I'm just asking a question. Holy cow. Chill out. And I was talking to one of the other boys, and uh, I told him that, and he was laughing. He's like, yeah, yeah, she's like that. I just try and stay out of her way and keep my head down. <laughs> Shit. No kidding. Yeah. Wow, you have to work with But she's people. cool. Huh. I've talked to her. I mean, I've talked to her before, and she's fine. But, you she's, know, she yeah. sometimes just has that get the fuck out of my way attitude, and you just let her oh be, you know, God. whatever. But, yeah. My goodness. Wow. But I read that, and I'm just like, man, it's just one thing after another. I'm so happy that I was not. What's your, do you have confrontational stories? Because I'm trying to think to myself, people who have got in my face, or even when I was doing, like, phone reception at BASF, if people were, like, super aggressive, I I was like that little dog lying down. What can I do for you? I understand your frustration. Please talk to me. Let's have a conversation. Let's see if we can figure this out. Have you ever come across somebody who has just been so in your face that you just yeah. have to figure out? One time, one time, one time at Aldi before, and this was like scary, scary in the scary in terms of what I was thinking of that I wanted to do. So I'm at the register and at Aldi and here in California and you don't need to put the cases of water on the belt because there's a code number and this dude was putting a case or two of water on the belt and I'm like oh um you can take the water off the belt I have a code number and he's just and he's just looking at me I'm like oh you don't need to I'm like oh you don't need to it's okay you can take the water off the belt you don't need to uh put on there I have a code number and he's just looking at me I'm like you don't need to put the water on the belt and then he comes up and he's like oh what you don't think I speak English I'm like bro obviously not I'm telling you fucking this three times and you're just looking at me like you don't speak English like you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about and he got so fucking pissed he got so pissed and he got in my face and he like wanted to fight and dude I I'm not kidding you I was so so close to getting up and and fighting him and borderline my first thought was bro take out your blade and fucking cut him across the face that was my first thought no shit and it took and it took so much for me to just to not give in because i just wanted to beat the fucking shit out of him dude i wanted to take my blade and fucking stab him in the fucking throat i'm not even kidding you i've never experienced so much uh just this huge concentration of just overwhelming rage. I wanted to fucking kill him. <laughs> I wanted to fucking kill this guy. And I told myself, and cause you know, all the, you know, it's always like violence is never the answer. And you always hear these stories or these interviews, blah, 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 blah. I thought I would feel better by doing this. And I didn't. And I'm like, no, it would make me feel better if I beat the shit out of this guy. Yes, they, yep, yep, it would. It would definitely make me feel better. And then, but get this. I thought about this for weeks, dude. Psychologically, I I thought of my, I, over and over and over and over and over, I would play this scenario in my head. If I ever saw him in the parking lot, if I ever saw him again at the store, I would just fucking beat the shit out of him. And I kept playing this in my head again and 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 again. I was like, no, I want to do this. I want to fucking hurt this guy and beat the shit out of him and take my blade and fucking cut him across the face. Like I, yeah, that would make me feel better. Let's do this. And I was like, and then a few weeks went by and I was like, holy shit, Victor. Whoa. That is pretty fucking scary that you were all about that. And then I saw him in the store one time and I just manned up and i said to him i'm like uh i walked up to him and i was really nice i had several weeks to cool down right. and i walk up i walked up to him and i was like i said something like hey man i just i'm really sorry that uh i'm really sorry about the last time that we saw each other i don't want there to be any bad bad blood you know just please understand you know from my perspective i i just was at you i was asking you to take the water off and you were just looking at me like you didn't know what you were talking about and they what are you saying what are you threatening me are you threatening me i'm like bro clean up the fucking wax in your ears no i'm not he was very confused he was very like 
he didn't know how to comprehend the situation. I'm like, dude, I'm fucking apologizing to you. I don't want there to be any bad blood. And he's like, and he was all like, uh, hey, man, I, I speak English, man. I was born in this country. I'm like, this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about right now. So this just goes to show that whatever your experience here on earth or whatever it is that you've gone through, like you are taking that experience out on me and I didn't do anything other than just ask you to take the water off. And I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of yelled at you, but understand like I was, you were looking at me. I said three times and the third time I lost it and I shouldn't have lost it, but understand that you didn't do anything and you're just staring at me. And he was just, Okay, he was again perplexed and just okay, man. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, I'm like, all right, cool. If you need anything, you let me know. My name is Victor. I'll help you out. He's like, oh, oh. okay, all right, all right, man. Cool, thanks, man, thanks. And then left it at that. It's like, god damn, motherfucker. Wow, I, I, I have to say, I will give you mad props for uh, going up to a customer and actually making, trying to make amends because. Isn't that what we all, we all do, you know, we can, we can be better. And I think we all know that, but for somebody to actually kind of man up and do something like that, I just, I, it's, it's so perplexing to me that, yeah, I don't know, both the fact that, uh, yeah, you took it that hard for, uh, for a customer (laughs) in a, in a convenience store, basically. And then the fact that you were able to apologize, I, I'm I'm kind of bewildered. I'm trying to like process that right now. I don't think I've heard too many stories where that is the case and I think that is more than admirable and the fact that you didn't actually punch him in the face was <laughs> a testament kind Yeah, of. that took a lot. Isn't I really wanted to do that. Yeah, no, I I really wanted well, to. Well, as you're as you're saying that story too, I'm like, yeah, no. I totally understand situations where i have had to restrain myself but there's a difference too when people are being a little bitch and they're just standing there and people are being a punk bitch and they're invading your personal space and getting closer than 18 inches from your face right you know what i'm saying and, and like that encroachment we're all grown adults too like we all have an understanding of social norms and being able to be responsible human beings and understanding that other people are human too and i feel like that's kind of probably what set you off was the dehumanization of you in that moment where it's like i am god and you are an ant and i can step on you whenever i want i, I just i get yeah, that it's sense. like who the fuck do you think you are thinking that you can behave like this it's like i ever. i could make your life easy or i can make your life difficult like understand that we live in a relational society like that's just the way it is and the crazy thing is too i thought about this because there is it's tricky because, I mean, obviously, the ultimate, you know, the whole goal is to never let anything bother you, right? But we're human and that shit happens, right? You don't want to let anything bother you because then it's just feeding and giving attention to the negative energy mm-hmm. and everything. But, dude, that's a perfect example, in my opinion. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks because if you say otherwise, you've never worked retail – that is an instant where that guy, if I beat the shit out of him, he would have gotten exactly what he deserved. <laughs> but if you think about it, you beat the shit out of someone, then how does that make them feel? It just creates more pain on top of whatever pain that they already had walking into the situation. You know what I'm saying? No, totally. And I don't know. I mean, I I take it just from the ministerial perspective that I have that it's about communal relationships and so like yeah you can punch somebody in the face and it can be totally justified but what good is that going to do in the long run right it's going to make them more resentful it's going to make you kind of affirming the fact that violence can kind of mitigate the the situation at the time i just i'm of of the opinion that if i've got to be a lame dog and just lay down and roll over i mean i'll do it but um I don't know. I, I feel as though there's that mutual component where we're both human and it's just a matter of finding a way to connect that humanity. I there's a I feel like there's a couple of episodes where I talked in the past about various like interpersonal interactions that I've had where 
I just diffuse the situation by asking them what they're thinking or what they're feeling, and it just de-escalates everything. Oh. And, I, I mean, like, anger and frustration is, like, totally a normal thing to deal with. And it's funny, because I was having a conversation earlier this week about uh, there was somebody who I'm mentoring right now in the the Progressive Catholic Church, and uh, they were asking, why do you feel, you seem so serene, you seem so at ease when it comes to conflict and stuff like that. I say, well, it's not about me, right? It's about what we can both learn from the situation. So if I can set my, my personal ego and pride aside and be able to have a dialogue, I have found so so many more successful results than I have uh, de- you know, dealing in a more confrontational manner. And I just, I, I, I think it's human nature to be confrontational. Like that's just the way that we act. But if we break that, it startles others who, who are living in that same world and say, Nope, not going to be confrontational. You're totally right. You have valid points. You're, I understand your frustration. I understand your anger. I, I, I would feel that myself if I was in your position. It's totally cool. Let's have a dialogue. And that's the approach that I take. This Then that's not the first time. That's the fir- There's only two instances where I want to beat the shit out of someone. That was the first time. The second time happened, I don't know, several, several, several months ago when I was, at, when I was still on Santa Monica Boulevard. Uh-huh. Uh, but this little punk bitch would come in and be. he would always want – so when people go to – the butcher and they want a slice or a cut of something you know i want a half pound or a pound or whatever the hell and it's always you know a little bit under or a little bit over and you know yeah totally that's fine good this person always wanted exactly exactly uh i think it was 10 ounces which is i want to say it's 0.625 um of a pound 62 and a half percent of a pound and it always had to be exactly 0.625, which is extremely time-consuming to do. And he would always be like – he would always be so condescending when he would ask people, the whoever was behind the counter for it. And one time I go up there and I got called up and like, hey, this guy wants this type of cut. Um, and, you know, I can give it to him, but he also wants – the skin taken off the fish. I don't know how to do that. I don't know. Some weird thing. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, well, oh, he needed to use, for what he was asking, he needed to use like the bone saw. But there's only one or two people that are allowed to use the bone saw. And the guy that knows how to use it wasn't there or something. And he's, and he's like, oh, you got you to come back in the morning. Like, we're not allowed. He's like, well, I'll go behind the counter and do it myself. I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. And he was just being extremely difficult and rude and condescending. And I'm like, dude, I'm definitely not going to fucking help you out if you're going to be like this. And um, and uh, he's like, no, well, we're going to be here as long as it takes because you're going to do it. And I was no, I'm not. And I walked away. And I told the other guy, don't worry about it. And he'd always come back being so condescending, asking specifically exactly for a certain cut, just being extremely difficult. And then one time I get called up again. And... This guy's like, hey, Victor, he um, he wants this whatever. You know, I told him I'm on lunch right now. He'd have to, you know, wait 30 minutes. He wanted to talk to a manager. I'm like, hey, what's up? And and I recognize the guy, and he know, he knew who I was and everything. And so I told him, okay, well, uh, so-and-so is going on lunch. You can wait 30 minutes or come back. And I told him before he could say anything, I'm not going to cut this for you because you're always extremely rude and condescending and extremely difficult to deal with, and we'd rather not have you shop here. So we can help you, but this attitude that you're giving us, it's going to stop. And he shaped up right then and there, and he didn't say shit to me. And ever since then, we've been totally cool with each other. But I straight up told him, I'm like, dude, this is the, this is the truth. You're being a fucking pain in the ass. And I said it to him in, of course, a professional manner, you know, everything. I said – I didn't say – I wasn't swearing at him, but everything I just said before that, I said exactly like that. You're rude. You're condescending. You're difficult, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, So just wait 30 minutes? Yeah, wait 30 minutes before – and then so-and-so will come back from lunch and we'll take – 
taken care of. And I told him, like, dude, we're down to help you out, but we, you, you cannot be talking to people like this. And he didn't say anything to that. He just kind of stood there and kind of thought about it and nodded his head. I'm like, and, I, and then before he could say anything, I'm like, what's your name? He's like, I'm so-and-so. I'm like, cool, man. I'm Victor. I want to help you out. Just, you know, wait outside here. We'll go. He's like, well, my parking, it needs to be. I was like, dude, we'll validate the parking for you. We'll pay the extra 2 or $3 if you're going to be here longer than an hour or whatever it was because he was already there for like 30 or 40 minutes. I got you, bro. And then completely diffused the situation from there. He just – you could – it's funny when you see people, you look at them and – you can see whatever's going on in their head kind of dissolve and they come back to reality and, oh, oh, this person's trying to help me. Maybe I'm the one being the problem. Right. And But that little fucker too, I wanted to beat the shit out of him also. Fuck, but Yeah. Uh, I'm cool with him now. And ever since then, uh, I haven't seen him because I don't work at that store anymore, but I would always go out of my way to, you know, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? And he would tell me the reason he's eating all this beef is to bulk up and blah, 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 blah. And I'm cool with him now. You know, but that's a situation that could have gone uh, bad very fast had I not just manned up and been extremely nice to him after addressing the problem that I had with well, him. Well, and I, <laughs> just laughing to myself right now that, man, I mean, considering the way that you uh, interacted with him from what you were saying right there, I am so happy that it ended in an amicable resolution in some form or another. But no, I mean, dude, I think that that's kind of the, the attitude that I would like to see more of in the world because, I mean, how many times do you go to a convenience store or grocery store target walmart and just people are assholes the people who are can i find this go find it yourself kind of thing the employees who are just not nice individuals you think about individuals who have to deal with that on a daily basis getting groceries etc etc i think that when you create that human connection that bro i understand you're frustrated which i think you did really for me it would probably be more direct when it comes to dealing with uh, <laughs> antagonistic uh, shoppers or whatever, I would always be somebody who would be more upfront. It's like, okay, so how can I help you? Uh, I remember this audiobook that I'd listened to years ago, it, The Art of Negotiation. And it's not so much about convincing people to do what you want to do. It's understanding what they want and telling them what they want to hear to be able to placate them or to pacify them or whatever. And I think that what you're saying right now really resonates with a very good case case study in <laughs> being able to diffuse a situation where you didn't necessarily ask him straight up, what do you want? But you asked him more or less, I, I'm treating you as human. I'm going to say hi to you afterwards. You develop a rapport. They trust you the escalation kind of goes down over a period of time. And I, yeah, I wish, I wish more people were more observant of that type of thing, especially as we're seeing in kind of national news right now. But yeah, yeah no, I, I think to myself, yeah, it's, it, that's great. Like that's, that's a perfect case study for, for what you're doing. Yeah. I've thought about that a lot and the what it boils down to this is i mean say what you want but people that are like that become assholes and short-tempered over the course of time they're not just like that and they're like that because the what they're doing with their time and energy is surviving rather than thriving they're in a situation yeah, that they don't totally. want to be in, which is mo most likely from work or a relationship, and they don't have the ability to just pull the fucking trigger and step away and sever that cord. Because there's another person that I work with who, who they, they're super nice. I mean, they're... They're super nice, but other people have told me, like, it's obvious that sometimes this person gets an attitude. And, I mean, that's, it's like that for a lot of people, right? Uh, it's either you just become domesticated and you're 
you just go with it or you become domesticated and you're a lion trying to get out of the cage, you know? And right. it's yeah. when people aren't fulfilling whatever it is that they were intended to do with their life, that is what creates um, an imbalance in their in their way of life most of the time. And, well, yeah, and I wonder what, what it is that, like, people like you and I can do to kind of correct that imbalance. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, what you did right there, it may be insignificant, but somebody saw humanity right. in a convenience store employee. I feel like that's, you know, as minimal as it may be, you've developed a rapport, you've created humanity where it wouldn't otherwise exist. And I think that's that's a good thing, as minimal as it is, small things right. like that. Well, I mean, like, anyone can be kind when they're in the mood to be kind, but being kind when you don't want to be is really where it counts. Or, um, you know, being generous when you don't want to be, or being generous when you're not in the position. I found myself becoming, over the, the course of... I mean, God, even you and I talking, I'm doing the other podcast from Police to Priest and just talking more and more. I feel like uh, empathy grows over time and having those conversations with people who we would not otherwise have conversations with or interactions with. Right. And we have the chance to, like, do something. I I don't know. It, it, it's it, it it's a tension with me be, as somebody who's just trying to make ends meet, as you are. Um, but to also show generosity to those that um, don't have the kind of afforded luxury that that we do. I I think it's it's worth something. It's worth talking about. Do you have anything else? I did, but I don't anymore. I I do. But I kind of feel like this is a good closing point, but I can bring it up, but it might, uh, it very well might unfold into another 45 to an hour minutes or 45 minutes to an hour. Can you give me an orientation as to where this might go? I'll, yeah. Do you want me to tell you or do you want me to show you? Show me. You want me to give you a clue? I'd love a clue. I have some questions. All right. Oh God! Oh God! Okay, <laughs> the Holy Bible. Uh huh. All right. Doing some reading. Uh huh. I have some questions. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. No, I think I think we've got. This is this is a good twenty minute conversation. I feel like I'll keep it short. Oh, you got you can take it. You can handle it. Yeah. No, I can do it. All right. Bring it. First question. Hang on. Well, I, I really only have like two or three questions. <laughs> okay. I, let me find this spot here. Because this is an example of one of those things where people would find something and point it out. And, and for the sake of just being argumentative, we'll just be argumentative. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But in here. All right. Here's the question I have for you. So it says in here, Matthew 5, teaching about divorce. You have heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife, unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. Yeah, uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So, okay, I, I feel like this is a important point, to, and I'm glad that we're not leading with this. This is super boring, but basically, when it comes down to it, when people pick and choose the passages that they're trying to support their belief or whatever, do you know how many times that uh, anti-gay or anti-homosexual uh, texts are mentioned in the New Testament? Total number no, of times, but I do know, I I do not know the actual number. Give a give a guess. Is it over or under a thousand? Three thousand times. Three 
Oh, three. <laughs> three out of all the New Testament texts. So, I, I don't know. I mean, when you... No, but I understand that. I'm not saying... I'm not saying... I'm not asking... I'm just asking you, what does this mean? I'm not saying, like... Just like how the discussion we had with global warming, how there's X percentage of people who... Scientists who don't believe in global warming, yet so much emphasis is put on it. Right. I'm not saying, like, oh, here's an example of... I'm not saying, you know, like, oh, well, the Bible says you can't be gay. But in reality, like you're saying, there's only three instances. I'm not saying that. I'm, And I know that it's not always meant to be so literal. I'm just asking for clarification when it says if a man divorces a wife, his wife, it causes her to commit adultery. And anyone may, who marries a divorced woman is committing adultery. I mean, obviously, in today's day and age... The divorce rate is 50% or higher. Right. And people remarry and live happy, prosperous lives and are great people. It just – it's one of the few instances where I can't see past the text. Right. And because I don't really understand it. That that Like that is totally a normal thing for a lot of people too and that, unfortunately – that's also part of the reason why such a a vast majority of Christians kind of identify with evangelical texts is that it's so literal, it's so specific. If they say this, it must be the case. In reality, though, it was written in Greek. I mean, it like Greek is a different language than like ancient Greek was a different language than the English language, and those like there's flexibility in translation. And the purpose of whatever text is being read in any given gospel has to do with the overall theme of the author that was writing that text. You can't kind of pick pick and choose your, your own passages to, like, do your own thing. You have to understand what the message overall was trying to get. And so when people kind of harp on one passage or another to, like, make the thing, like, Sure, you know, whatever. They they may or may not have a valid point, but in reality, it was written in Greek, and translation is very fluid, and you cannot wholly rely on whatever transcript, like NRSV, NRV, uh, the King, King James Bible. Like, there's so many different ways that you can translate what the words of Greek are to your own context and i don't think that that's something that we should kind of hang our hats on because when it comes down to it context is key but then translation is secondary and also equally important to understanding what it is that the scripture is actually saying if that makes sense does it that i understand what you're saying yes but but that doesn't help me. <laughs> what, what, I want an answer. What, I want an answer, Ricks. What, like why? No, I like, get what you're why? saying. No, why though? Because I want to understand. Because I want to comprehend everything that I'm reading. Like for example, okay, so here's an example. So when they say, you know, and you know, so and so was possessed by a demon, and that demon was cast from the per- like I like people might think, oh. This person was possessed by a demon. Maybe, or maybe this person was uh, bipolar or had a personality disorder, and back then they didn't know what it was, and then this, and then their mental illness or whatever the case was was fixed. It doesn't necessarily mean like they were being possessed by an actual demon. I get that, but I'm just so when I read things like that. I don't take it so literally. I try and put it into context. And again, when they say, for example, you know, li- you know, uh, kingdom of heaven and then hell, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and people think that these are actual locations that you will go to here or you will go here, when in reality, the way that I interpret it is it is a state of mind. It is inward. It is not these external things. And... There will be fire and weeping and gnashing of, te- gnashing of teeth. No, my personal belief, no, you're not going to actually be in a place filled with fire and 
and anguish, you will be living a life that feels like hell if you're working a job that fucking sucks and all you do is bitch and complain about your life. Like that in and of itself is living in hell based out of the choices that you're making. So I understand that there are that that the that the text has dimension to it and it's not so literal. But I was just confused because it's only three this area is only three sentences long and when I'm thinking of divorce I understand it may not necessarily mean like marriage divorce but divorce could mean separation or moving away but I'm just confused like well why would they why would a woman be at fault if a man leaves her that's kind of what I'm trying to think right yeah and I, I think that's totally like legitimate to like look into. And what's so fascinating too is that you have to look at the historical context in which the scriptures were actually written, right? So in the time period that existed when a book was written, there were certain norms and social standards that people adhered to, and that was just integrated in the same way that, you know, when... <laughs> <laughs> when the U.S. Declaration of Independence uh, and and the Constitution of the United States, uh, slaves being three three fifths of a human being, I mean, there are certain things I think that in the moment we don't think about, and that's okay if the message is freedom, liberty, like acknowledgement of personhood and all that. It happens. I mean, there is no there. You cannot find a Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, Islam, Christianity, Protestant, Catholic. I mean, any different faith that you you encounter is going to have those problems, and they're going to have those um, like momentary like they are part of the culture. They don't think anything about it, and it just becomes part of the text, like. It's the way that the world has always worked. And yet, part of the reason why Buddhism like, was created from Hinduism, why Christianity was created from Judaism, why any faith comes out of any other faith is because they realize you can't put those things in stone. They are constantly fluid, and they try to reorient them. And even in the best case scenario, like Christianity, for example, where they try to correct that, they can still fall into that same trap of dehumanizing individuals without knowing it based off the social context in which the text was written. Like, it... it That's exactly the answer I needed. It, it, Thank it, you. It, That's what I was trying to figure it, out. It's constant... It's it's fluid. It it is constantly moving and it's constantly changing and that's part of the reason Mormonism rose out of Christianity in the United States because they felt like they weren't adhering to the human worth that individuals felt like they needed. That's the reason why Mormonism exists in the US right now. It it's a perpetual cycle. And so to try and uh, hang your coat on for those out there who try to hang their coat on one passage or another it's the culmination of scripture no matter what faith says like what you and i know humanity matters like the relationship between you and i matters that's what's important and we we get it wrong because we focus on those passages it's what we do well said well said. I got another quick question for you. Right. And this, dude, I'm trying to figure out. I mean, again, it probably goes back to a little bit about what you were saying. But I remember reading the book of Numbers, and I'm like, dude, I do not need to know that this fucking wall is 100 by 300 feet long. Such a boring this, book. You know, Oh the blinds God. and other all the decor like dude i do not need to know these dimensions just tell me the palace or whatever looked pretty and tell me what some of the colors that were used like every single thing every dimension of every freaking item of decor is spelled out and it's like dude what am i doing reading this book how did it make the cut what is going on here 
you know, this was the the Old Testament was never meant to be canon. That was never meant to be like a worldwide scripture that people believed in. It was a local community that created these documents, compiled them together, and created the Torah. And it 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 did. No one expected it to go beyond that little middle middle eastern area like it was very very consolidated no one expected them to spread out throughout the world and here we are and everyone's trying to pick apart things that were written thousands and thousands of years ago but no one expected it to grow that far and that fast and that pervasive into our culture and so people are just yeah uh, numbers is probably one of the most boring books in the entire Torah, it is just, it is, yeah, no, I feel, I feel your pain. All right, cool. <laughs> no, man, it's all, it's all context. It's all about context. Nothing is, well, that's, I was, yeah, yeah nothing, yeah. nothing is done in, in isolation. It's all in relationship to the historical period. And, you know, what happens afterwards is kind of our choice. Yeah. Sorry, guys. You really fucked this one up. Just we just didn't think it was gonna get that popular. Just uh, you can gloss over it. Just skip over it. Our bad. Yep. Sorry about yep. that. Pretty much. Sorry. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> if only they knew. If only yeah. they knew. I had another question, but you kind of already. Well, I'm gonna ask one more question. All right. So my other question, uh, Matthew 22, an extension. An, an invitation is extended for this grand feast. Nobody shows up. What the hell? We're extending all these invites. You know what? Screw it. They don't want to come. That's fine. Anyone off the street is welcome to this. In, is welcome to this feast because anyone who accepts this invitation, even if you're off the off the street, you're better than the people who refuse to come. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold it right there. What the hell are you doing without any wedding clothes? It's like, bro, we're off the street. Like, we don't have wedding clothes. And now you're, you know, you're chastising us for the way that we're dressed? You invited us, dude. We're off the street. You know that. What gives? And then it feels like it's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, no, bro. There's go there is always going to be contradiction in any scripture whatsoever. And... I, yeah, you know what? Even people back then couldn't have anticipated what would have emerged from the populist revolution that we're yeah. kind of dealing with right now. But, yeah, now nah, I, I, without context, I don't really have a good answer. That's all right. Cool. Well, I'm done. I don't have anything else. 